In this episode, we're going to talk about the eyes, lips, and legs. Three questions I have recently received that were a little weird, and I'll explain why. These are some unique questions I thought would be good to answer. Some more situationally based questions about body language and what certain things mean in certain situations and certain circumstances. We'll be taking it casual this morning as I've not slept, but I'm drinking my coffee, so this will be calm, cool, and collected. So eyes, lips, and legs, that's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. So I received this interesting email. I'm not going to say who it's from. I don't think it would give them away based on just picking out random stuff. We'll, we could make a name up. But I'm not going to read through it except for some of the questions. And I'm going to explain why it's weird. This is not a knock on the person who sent it to me. It's just very unique. So it opens up with the standard pleasantries of a fan of the show, likes the stuff I talk about, especially body language. And after that are three questions. Here's why it's weird. I think I know what they're doing. So imagine you're looking at an email. And when you read it, whatever the size of the email is we'll say it's seven inches across on your screen the letters in the email the sentences go that full width and then the three questions they only go like a third of the way before it goes underneath and writes it again which tells me it was copied and pasted from somewhere else based on what looks like a short character limit this could be from twitter or somewhere like that so i think i think somebody this person saw something somewhere where somebody talked about body language and picked three questions, good questions too, I think that were unique. They wanted answers to or to verify what the other person was saying, whoever it is. One of these questions, I'm not going to say who it is or which question it is, but one of these questions stuck out to me because I've heard a person that's kind of known in the body language circles who had given an answer to this a long time ago that may have done it again that isn't correct. But that being said... We're going to take a look at these three questions that have to do with the eyes, the lips, and the legs. As a reminder, body language comes in clusters, typically three or more, including facial expressions without even talking about things dealing with your voice. We pick up on most of it subconsciously. Most of our conversations are about 70% on average based on studies of being nonverbal. There's a lot of factors that play into these situations, but the questions are specific enough. I think we can take a fair shot at it. So the first one is I don't know who it's from a guy or a girl but it says why am I so intimidated when people stare at me during a conversation and look right into my eyes I presume by staring you mean look right into your eyes whoever wrote this or to the guy that sent me the question anyway so some things to remember one is when it comes to deception people that are more deceptive tend not to break eye contact there's a common belief that breaking eye contact a lot is a sign of guilt or deception usually that's because we see it with children and there's many other factors i've talked about before why children can shy away from that authority figure it still can be prevalent in adults so we have that to consider and the reason we want to consider that is depending on the conversation it's entirely possible that you're picking up on deception we often think of deception especially in this situation as we have a conversation we say something they don't break eye contact. A lot of times when people are being deceptive, they initiate the deception. It's not reactionary to something we say. So 
there's a possibility you're sitting down, let's say, at a restaurant across from somebody else. You're having a conversation. They're not breaking eye contact. They're staring at you. There's also other body language to play in, like is their back rigid and they're leaning forward and their elbows are on the table. There's so many other things we don't know, so we're just going to focus solely on the eyes. The other thing is, is it's not the staring that intimidates you. It doesn't intimidate. It's not staring. It's the way in which it's done. Give you an example. You're lying in bed with a loved one. You're both on your side. Faces are pretty close, probably nose to nose to within a foot. You're looking into each other's eyes, maybe not talking, maybe having a long conversation. Maybe you just had sex. Maybe you're about to have sex. Maybe that's your time just to be intimate or just to talk about something important. In those situations, it's very common to stare, essentially. Long periods of time, very little blink rate going on. And we feel completely at ease and fine because we're in a situation with a person we choose to be more open. We trust them. You know, you got the doe eyes, the entire picture that I drew for you. They're still staring, but it doesn't tend to intimidate us. Now, there are some people that in any circumstance it will intimidate them, but it's very, very few. So it's the way in which it's being done. Something else to consider is our natural comfort zone. Now, while there is other body language things we don't know about this situation or apparently by its writing many situations, whatever your natural comfort zone is, when somebody gets into that bubble and then they look at you and don't break eye contact, it can become very uncomfortable. And there's ways to mitigate that. You can angle yourself to them to where you try to position yourself or step a foot back in a way that instead of completely facing each other, you've moved yourself in such a way very slightly that you instead of looking straight on, you're kind of looking at an angle past them, maybe even drawing attention or talking with your hands in other ways to get their eyes to go somewhere else. That can help kind of ease and de-escalate the potential of that situation or at least get rid of it being uncomfortable. So there are things that you can do, of course, whether or not you're sitting, you're standing, whatever else is going on with body language, whatever the conversation is, those are all factors. But just the eyes themselves, it's more about how they're doing it. They're probably in that comfort bubble. They probably have made you uncomfortable already. There's probably something about that conversation. They're probably too close. Deception is a possibility. And more than likely, there's other things about facial expressions that go along with that staring that make you uncomfortable. It's not just the staring, going back to the story about sitting in bed or lying in bed looking at that loved one. The next question is about lips, and it's why is it that people sometimes, probably the person who wrote it does this, finds themselves having a conversation with somebody and then eventually they start staring at their mouth? Well, there's several reasons. One thing people think sometimes, very few, is that it's a natural way in which we lip read. If somebody is hearing impaired or has hearing difficulties, even if they just have minor hearing injuries, like I know guys in the military that have lost a significant amount of hearing just in one ear from things in the military, and you see them more and more starting to look at their lips of anybody talking, that's an inherent trait they're picking up and learning to do subconsciously. There's some truth to that. However, everybody doing that, absolutely not. Most common reasons are if you think about a situation when, say, you're sitting down watching TV and you hear a noise or you're reading a book, you hear a noise. We will tend to look where that noise is or position our head enough to where we can get our ear there or we'll look. We don't hear anything. We'll turn back, but not all the way. We'll direct our ear towards it to pick up the sound better. If you've ever been around anybody that's blind or has difficulty seeing, especially if they've been blind their whole life, they don't always look straight at you because they can't. It's just not natural for them to do. 
their heads tend to be tilted somewhat. And while they don't stand completely profile to us, they tend to have one or more one ear geared more towards that conversation, at least initially. That's a natural inherent trait. What I'm saying is one of the things that happens a lot with people is it has to do with how we process information in our brains. I've talked about things with IXS queuing, with whether or not we're hearing hearing memories or seeing memories or constructing visually or auditory. And what happens with some people is they naturally just start looking at the mouth because they're doing everything with visual acuity and they're looking at the source of the information. And the only physical way they can do it because we get most information from our eyes when we're not paying attention to what we're doing is we look right at the mouth. That's, that's one reason right there. Another reason I don't know that this is still taught. I took speech class in high school and throughout a great portion of my life, many people have taken speech classes or even classes I did in the military where people were being taught how to give classes and how to talk to people. It had to do with the intimidation of somebody staring at you because in the military, even if somebody's not angry, especially when they are angry though, a lot of times they won't break that eye contact. So that typically is an intimidation factor that's purposely put in, or in some cases, just because of the military, there's a chain of command, recognizable authority. There's an intimidation factor. That's one reason. Another reason why somebody could look at the lips, but also going back to the teaching classes and the speech and having conversations. One of the things that has been taught in the past, I don't know how much now, is they would tell people that in order to avoid that intimidation factor or getting freaked out by somebody looking right at you, and the same idea of looking at a group of people and they say, like, picture them naked or whatever. When it's like, say, one person or a couple people right there with you, they'll tell them to look at their nose, just on the bridge of their nose. So to them, they believe that person will think most of the time that they're looking into their eyes, where they're looking at their nose to avoid that eye contact. And the reason most people actually pick up that you're not looking into their eyes isn't because you're not looking in your eyes. It's because the person doing it goes back and forth many times. They look at the eyes, look down at the nose, naturally drawn back to the eyes, go down to the nose. And that amount of movement, people pick up on it. So that's another reason why it happens. Now, while this can happen, there's so many people or so few people that can read micro expressions if they're really close. will look at the mouth a lot, but people that are actually reading micro expressions will look at multiple portions of the face and sometimes get right up there. That's why people that are paid to read micro expressions typically want to be in a situation where they can see video put it up on a big screen, blow it up beyond normal size so they can look at things all around the eyes, the nose, the mouth, the temples, and look for all these micro expressions. Those little movements that are hard to see from more than a few feet away and that quite simply last usually less than a quarter second, sometimes even shorter. I look at the mouth a lot. When I used to do the interviews I talked about, I would typically be back six to 10 feet from somebody, probably around 10 feet. I would look at their mouth, but they couldn't tell at that distance. But I was looking at the mouth because I was looking for the universal expressions, different things they do with their mouth when they talk, whether or not they're biting their lip, different things they're doing to pick up on to tie in with whatever reaction they're having to conversation or how they're accentuating or hiding different things when they say stuff. But at that distance, a person can't really tell if you're looking at their mouth or in their eyes. The last one has to do with legs. Some people are going to think it's restless leg syndrome. It's a situation where you're sitting there and then somebody bounces their leg, one leg typically rotating like on the ball of their foot rapidly. 
Some people believe this is a soothing technique. That's not accurate. I'll say that. Soothing techniques are typically very similar and common. For example, rubbing the wrists, rubbing a redding ring, playing with a piece of jewelry, caressing the hair, twisting the hair many times during a conversation. While those all can mean many things, sometimes those are self-soothing, sometimes rubbing the face or the temples in a way or the chin, but not in the hear no evil, see no evil kind of way. There's massage techniques where it looks like people are massaging things where if there's a lot of stress, instead of massaging, they might be gripping a table or a pen or their leg really hard. That's a sign of stress. The knee going up and down, the leg bouncing, is more along the lines of a sign of stress. What it typically is is a certain amount of nervousness. Now, this nervousness can be from the conversation or it could just be physical inactivity. And some people that aren't that physically active still get it because whatever situation they're in, they want to go, they want to move. It could be... They just don't want to be in that conversation, but that's unlikely. Typically, there's some sort of pent-up energy they need to get out. Sometimes it's because they're trying not to cut somebody off and they want to say stuff and that energy builds up that their leg is letting them get it out. It's the same way with the stress technique of where somebody grips one thing really hard is they're focusing all that stress in their body into that one point and that's how they're letting it out and controlling it. That's kind of what the knee bouncing up and down is. It can be stress, but typically it's a type of nervousness where somebody has some energy they need to get out. It doesn't coincide with any forms of deception or truth-telling by any means, but that's typically what it's there for. It's not a soothing technique because it doesn't soothe in any way. Nothing's being done. Energy is leaving your body. Soothing is done by manipulating parts of your body or objects on your body or objects like a coffee cup or a pen, something within reach that you can do to you know physically massage physically make movements in a soothing manner think of the same ways you try to soothe the child you'd soothe the loved one you soothe somebody that's sick all the physical ways you do it without talking those are usually soothing techniques when it's just the leg bouncing like that is no different than if their finger on their hand just wouldn't quit shaking or moving it's not a soothing technique it's an involuntary reaction so soothing techniques are voluntary maybe subconscious but they are voluntary actions to react to a certain stimuli. Whereas things like that leg bouncing or the finger twitching is involuntary, so it's not soothing. It's a way to get certain types of energy out of your body, enough to keep it under control until whatever next step comes in, which a lot of times is just having that chance to talk because you got all these ideas going on in your head. Now, that being said, I do want to remind everybody about the open source challenge. For those that did watch the... Uh, UFO briefing video I did with David Robertson from DMR Publications. I did actually leave a hint in there for anybody who watches a video. You just got to figure it out. But there is a hint in there to help you out. Trying to find any of the phone numbers and emails I've used. I definitely dropped some information there for last week's tip. Also to help you out this week, depending on where your research takes you, I do have four different family members who have served in the U.S. military, three in the Army, one in the Marine Corps or two in the Marine Corps, two in the Army, actually. Depending on how deep you go, and if you're finding known associates and possible family members and researching them to cross our information, to help you on that path, if you're going that route, I do have a family member that is deaf and no longer alive. So I guess was deaf because that family member is no longer alive. Depending on how far back you go and other information that may help you out, 
in my younger life, in my teenage years, going up till about the time I was 21, for several years I played uh, bass guitar in a band at a church, and we traveled around a portion of the country in Canada, where I also, aside from playing music and doing the kind of live production of the music, I was also kind of a minor league evangelist or just preacher in general. Preacher is a general term, not a job title. So that might help you out depending on what information you find. I did grow up in a small town near a military base, an army installation, and right next door was an Air Force base. So those are some information and tips to help you narrow it down. I've said enough about myself long before this challenge that if you've been re-listening or keeping track, it shouldn't be hard to figure too much of this out. I also want to mention that I uh, mentioned this a long time ago on Facebook, but I'm going to try and get a hold of Amazon. I have an Amazon store there. You know, I put the links up sometime because I'm affiliate. I know some people have gone there and looked at some things and bought a couple of books. But I created a whole storefront with several categories of things to go over that I give recommendations on covering everything that I talk about on this show and stuff I've also done on YouTube. But it's still not visible after like a year and a half. So I don't know if there's a follower requirement. If anybody has any pertinent or can speak intelligently on that, please share the information with me on why that may not be happening. I'm having a hard time trying to coordinate with them to get a straight answer. But if I do get that up, I'm going to share it with everybody so they can see what's in there. And then we're going to do some discussions on it. I talked to Luke when I created the storefront. He helped me do it a long time ago. We'll probably do a live show at some point where we go over some of the some of the items in different categories as well as cover some of them here. And there's a lot of great books and information out there for people that are totally into the gray man thing, whether it's cybersecurity or going off grid or hiding your identity, reading body language, building rapport, financial security, as far as keeping your stuff hidden, you know, how to deal with your mail, all these types of things that cover these subjects as well as some everyday carry items and even some kind of cool stuff, I guess you could call spy gear. A couple of things on there that actually are worthwhile. I don't know how practical they are for most people, but they are important for some, especially those that are high profile. So that will be worth checking out. If I can't get that figured out, though, I'm going to start linking more of those into podcasts and talking about them on the podcast more specifically to cover certain things I recommend, especially books. And a lot of things that I'll be giving away in the Open Source Challenge are coming from those lists. I do like getting emails like this with these questions. So if you got questions on any particular subject, please send them to me. You can send me as many questions as you like, and I will do my best to answer them and put them in a show. You can also go to Anchor FM or use the Anchor app to leave me a voice memo that will cut out at 60 seconds. So make sure you have a timer. And if it's going to be long, practice what you're saying so you can get it all through in one shot. And I'll throw you up on the air with your voice and we'll go through it and answer your question. If for some reason you want to do that, but you don't want that recording on air, start the recording out by saying, you know, I have a question, but please don't put the recording on the show. And then I won't put it up there, but you'll have that opportunity. Instead of writing an email, I'll write your question down and then I'll answer it on the show. So to recap, the staring in the eyes thing, it's not always about staring. It's about how it's being done. There's many other factors. The question definitely suggests it happens a lot. There's many other factors and why, but Taking that step back and angling yourself is one way to definitely kind of minimize that. If you're sitting down, let's say in a restaurant again, if it's a booth sitting, you can kind of turn to the side to put your back against the wall and a leg up. 
on the seat. So you're not always staring right at that person. And then because you're sitting down, it's very difficult for them to maneuver around. And then you can kind of break that whole system up a little bit there to keep everything kind of calm and comfortable. There's several reasons why people will look at lips, including an intimidation factor. Typically, it's going to have almost nothing to do with reading lips, although people with hearing difficulties, that can definitely be the case, especially if it's come up over time or from an injury. Some people are taught to do that, or it looks like they're doing it because they're looking at your nose, but they're going back and forth so quick, people pick it up. Sometimes it's just the natural inclination to look at the source of the information, and that source is your mouth because that's where the sound's coming from, and that's completely normal. And remember that the shaking leg thing, because it's reactionary and it's not proactive, it's not something you're doing to cause ease, it's not soothing, it's a it's pent-up energy, essentially. It's energy that needs to get out. Typically, it's going to be nervousness. Sometimes it's just anticipation. Sometimes it's lack of patience. Sometimes it's stress. But it's ways to control energy and get it out very similar to stress techniques where people grip something really hard and almost break it. Whereas soothing natures are things that are typically we think of soothing, some sort of manipulation done with the hands most of the time, sort of a massage technique, or like if somebody puts their palms on their top of their legs and kind of slides them forward to their knees and then stops, that's a soothing technique. So definitely not soothing when it comes to the legs. It is Saturday, July 3rd, and I want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July, happy Independence Day. I think we're going to have a good amount of fireworks here because even though there was a burn ban, it's been raining, raining, raining for days. High humidity here, so I hope you all have a good time and at least got something good to watch on TV if you're not going out to see the fireworks somewhere. I enjoy them myself, but I know not everybody has that opportunity. If you're in a place where you can go out and go to a festival, carnival, or fair, I hope you get to do that with your family. Those are always fun. Be safe. Don't do anything crazy. Don't drink and firework. It's the same thing as don't drink and drive. Don't drink and shoot. Don't drink and play with explosives because they're explosives. People get hurt every year, burn things down every year. You definitely don't want to be that guy. And if you happen to be working Monday, make sure you take it easy and don't show up with a hangover and get in trouble. I do hope you enjoy this weekend or taking the best advantage of it. And I'm sure many of you are going to be listening to this after the 4th of July because you're probably out camping, enjoying the water doing something fun and exciting wherever you're at. And I think that's a good thing. So definitely enjoy your summer. Enjoy the time with the kids and the family and have a happy 4th of July. If you like this episode, don't forget us a like, share, heart, whatever your platform is using and make sure you let people know you think will enjoy this material. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're at. And don't forget to check out the show notes and check out dmrpublications.com. And we will be back again shortly with more information right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight.